Hi. Probably if you're listening to this, you already know who I am. Um, but if not, my name is Tara, and I am a lover of Jesus who is trying very hard to do what God has asked. So, hmm, I'm sitting here in the middle of the night recording a sermon that I haven't prepared because God told me to be obedient and trust him and and strangely, he told me not to prepare. I'm in seminary, and anybody who's been through that knows that they give you preaching classes that teach you to spend hours in the commentaries and pulling up your verses and laying out your illustrations to polish your sermon so that it will be easy for people to hear and understand and hold together. Um, and God said, don't do that, to set aside those things and to trust that he will give me words for me to speak to those who need to hear. So, at least tonight he told me I can record it ahead instead of doing it live. Um, but he has also said I need to make a commitment to keep doing it um, daily until he tells me to stop. So, if you resonate with something he says to you tonight and you want to hear more of what he has to say, then come find out what that is with me tomorrow. <laughs> um, in the meantime, I think I need to start as I mean to go on and as we all should start when we're looking to hear from God or do the things of God, and that is with prayer. So I hope you will join me. Lord, you have asked me to talk. I'm assuming to your people, or maybe not to your people, maybe just to those you are looking to draw to you. But you have told me to speak and promised that you would give me words and told me not to make excuses for not keeping that promise and not being obedient, but to step in faith that you will put your words in my mouth and use me to speak the things that you need to speak. So I ask tonight, Father, that you would make me small and make Jesus large, that you would keep me out of the way, and that you would give me the words that you desire for people to hear, and that you would assure that this recording goes to wherever you need it to be to accomplish your purposes for the kingdom. Scripture tells us that your word does not come back void. That means your Jesus does not come back void. And it means that your scripture does not come back void. And it means that when you give us words to speak, they're not simply noise that wanders off into the ether and does no good. That there is a purpose, Father. So I trust your purposes and I trust the things, Lord, that you would desire for me to say. And I pray that you will keep me out of the way. I ask that in Jesus' name, Father, and by the power of your spirit that you promise is with us. And all for your honor and glory, Lord. Amen. So it's the beginning of the year. Um. And our church, like a lot of churches, is going through a 
renewal of focus, a, a goal setting phase or vision casting phase. A lot of churches start that at the beginning of the year. A lot of people start that at the beginning of the year. We look for ways to fix ourselves. We look for ways to make resolutions. We look for ways to set goals. Um, we look for renewal, I think, at the beginning of the year because the old year is coming to a close and it's a time of resting in between things. And, and so we look for what we're going to do next. And as with many churches right now, there is a recognition of um, decline in Western Christianity, a recognition that we are losing the battle for souls. Um, or we are losing the battle for relevance, depending which church you're in. And um, and the fact is, is that a lot of pastors are trying to get us refocused on building the kingdom and on loving people like Jesus loves people and, and on following his great commission and being more Christ-like. And that comes out in, in a lot of churches as it's time for us to focus on evangelism, which is not necessarily a bad thing. We are called to go and make disciples. Um, but then as we get that renewed call to evangelism, this or this renewed call to small groups, as is the case with my church, um, this renewed commitment to, to building the kingdom, the very next thing that comes out is we need to find ways to bring people to Christ. We need to find ways to invite them to church. We need to find ways to invite them to groups. Um, we need to make friends with people who are not Christians so that we will have a pool of people that we love and are caring for with the end game of that being to build the kingdom. And I know that that it's communicated that you can't have that as an ulterior motive that you have to love people um, for who they are. But the reality is, is the wording still comes across as we need to reach people so that we can invite them to come to church or invite them to come to small group. Um, and then I'm reading an article and it says that the, the author was very concerned about evangelism and the need for, you know, the new, I'm a part of the new Methodist movement, the global Methodist church. And, um, and looking at that, it's a beautiful thing. And it is, it, there's such potential for awakening and revival and truly moving in the spirit and loving Jesus and loving people. And, um, and I'm reading an article from a person within the the leadership there whose focus has been evangelism. It's been his ministry and his mission um, for his whole life. And he starts talking about how critical it is that we have that missional orientation and that evangelistic orientation and this new expression that that we need that for awakening and that, you know, and then he gives a list of things. 
a list of things that we should be doing within the church to facilitate that, that not everybody's going to be an evangelist. They're not all going to go out on the street corner and, and preach Jesus. And they're not all going to go to other countries as missionaries and that you don't all have to do that. That's not how we're all wired. And I totally agree with that. Um, but then the, the, the list of things comes and the list of things is things like praying for the evangelists and donating money to the missions and taking care of the babies in the nursery on Sunday morning and all sorts of other things that are very, very focused on service in the church. And that the only way they're going to reach other people. And please don't hear me wrong about prayer. I will tell you right now, I am dying to be in another prayer meeting soon where we get on our knees and on our faces and pray down heaven. Um, it is a blessed and beautiful thing to pray to the Lord. But the reality is, is that our prayers are more effective when we come together to pray them. And when they are deep and heartfelt and ongoing and not just that we're praying for this specific person in our bedroom, in our war closet. Um, and I think the problem with all of this, because what he described in that article was really the same as what, you know, the pastor described as, as far as, you know, you're inviting people to come you're inviting people to Jesus. You're bringing people to Jesus. We have this so, so backwards. And, you know, we point to the, the idea of this being go and make disciples. And evangelists will tell you that the mission, the commissioning of Christ is go and make disciples. And there's a very large focus on the go, go out there and but even then, what they're telling you to do is go and invite people to church or invite people to small group or invite people someplace where they can come to Jesus. And I'm reading my Bible and I'm studying my scriptures and, and there's something just really wrong with that message that's that's really backwards because what the scripture tells us is that we are supposed to be more Christ-like every day. That we are supposed to be, be, be doing it like Christ. So if we're Christ's disciples, right, if we are the people who are becoming Christ-like and who are carrying on the mission of Jesus in the world, which is the point of the church, then we're supposed to be doing it the way that Jesus did it. And so when I, when I look at the scripture, I don't see Jesus inviting people to church. And I don't really see him inviting people to small groups. I understand the thought behind that, that, you know, the model oftentimes that's pointed out, the model of Jesus was a small group of people that were with him all the time and that he was helping them to grow. And that's true. And that is a, a, a really great small group. A great model when you're building small groups, but the fact of the matter is that's not necessarily a command for you to invite your neighbor to your small group at church where you're studying a study and watching a DVD um, or 
the other models that we have for small groups. This is not to denigrate small groups. I love small groups. And, and honestly, if you don't have a group of Christians, if you are a Christian, you don't have a group of Christians that you're gathering with regularly to be a part of each other's lives, then you are not growing in the faith the way that you need to be because we're not designed to do this by ourselves. The description of the church in the Bible has nothing to do with one single person. It's all about being knitted together as the body of Christ and built up as the body of Christ. And so please don't hear this as something against small groups. That's a whole nother sermon. I would love nothing more than to see every church in the entirety of the world made up of small groups of believers who love each other daily and help each other grow and then come together to build in, in the kingdom and worship God. And I'll talk about that another day. That's not what this is. What this is, is we're still not doing it the way Jesus did it because Jesus didn't invite people to that in order to bring them into the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't bring people to Jesus, so to speak. He did something different. He went to them. And I don't mean that in the sense of we should go to people where they are. I mean, obviously, that, that's not a, a bad thing. And we should be going to people where they are because it's sort of necessary to meet them where they are. Um, but it's not what I mean. What I mean is Jesus went to where people were and he carried the kingdom with him when he went there. And so his very presence put people in the presence of God. He carried with him the Holy Spirit after his baptism. He carried the Holy Spirit with him into the places that he went. He carried that into the 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 sinners and the tax collectors homes he went and sat down in Matthew's home with all of his terribly wicked friends that everybody shunned and he carried the very presence of God into that room and he carried the very kingdom of heaven into that space and it changed people And that's what we're called to do. We're not called to bring people to Jesus. We are called to bring Jesus to people. And I don't know that any of us really understands that that is the commission that we've been given. And I don't think we get that because I don't think we understand who we are. As Christians, I don't think we get it. I don't think we understand what it means. But Jesus Jesus kind of told us, he told us in John 17, what it is that we're supposed to be. And it's kind of hard to wrap your, your brain around because John can be a little wordy sometimes um, and, <laughs> and a little emotion driven sometimes. But at the end of John 17, and this is, this is Jesus's what they call his high priestly prayer, right? At the end of John 17, Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, 
I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. I want you to think about that for just a minute. Contemplate, or as my friend JD would say, behold. Behold what that means, what it is that Jesus prayed to the Father for you and I. Because he says that this is for all those who will believe through the word of those that were given to him, through the word of the disciples and the apostles, all those who would come to believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the Son of God, the one that the Lord had sent to redeem creation and to put them into right relationship with the Father. This Jesus prays to the Father in heaven that we would be one with him, that he is in us that he is in us and God, heaven, the Father, the Spirit is in him and he is in us so that we can be perfectly one and that the world will know that the Father sent Jesus and that the Father loves us as he loved Jesus. He calls us to have Jesus in us. Now, as God was kind of bringing this to mind a couple of weeks ago, and I, I told you at the beginning that um, God was trying to get me to start doing this without preparation, I, I've been a little resistant, <laughs> and he's been very persistent. So one of the things that has come to mind as I have been thinking about this is, is a series that my friend JD Walt was doing over at seedbed.com. He does something called the wake up call every morning. It's a devotion and it's, um, I normally don't like devotions actually, but it is one of the most phenomenal growth experiences I have ever had reading through the, the wake up call with, um, with other people. And, and hearing the stories about how the questions that are asked draw us closer to God and change the way we see things and sharing the insights that come. And what JD had said back in July of 2022, um, he was, he was in a, <laughs> He was he was in an alliterative phase where we were working through a, a group of A words um, and we were, I think, moving into actuation that day. And he brings us to the, the broken idea of believing and behaving um, and a better idea was the title of this one. Um, and what he talks about is it's not that we believe that God is, and then we act better, um, that the believing and behaving, it is instead that we behold Jesus and become like him. And as he was going through this, he talked about beholding Jesus as in a mirror and that we would be increasingly transformed into his image with ever increasing glory that the spirit does this for us it's not something that we can do 
that we behold Jesus. We look in the mirror and we look at ourselves and we see ourselves, but we behold the Jesus that dwells in us. The Jesus who has called us and redeemed us and made us new and given us a testimony and given us a witness to who he is and changed us. He dwells in us. His spirit dwells in us and transforms us to be Jesus. To be Jesus. Now, a lot of people will freak out when you say something like that because they think you have a Messiah complex. I don't have a Messiah complex. I am by myself not much of anything. In fact, I will caution you, anything I say wonderfully in this little recording here is all God. There's none of me in that. And anything that is terribly bad or gets screwed up, that's entirely my fault. Um, that's Tara getting in the way of the Jesus in me, right? But the fact is, the scripture says that I carry the spirit of the Lord in me. That's a promise. And it says that I am supposed to spend the rest of my days serving the kingdom of God as an ambassador of Christ who is being made holy and being transformed and renewed in the image of Christ the Son. And he dwells in me to assist that process to make sure that as I follow him and as I am a disciple of Christ and as I learn to do what he did, that I become his presence in the world. Jesus said that it was his body that was given for the salvation of men and his blood that was poured out for them. And then he called the church his body. We are the body of Christ in the world. We are called. We are called to carry the kingdom of heaven to the people and the salvation of Christ to the people. And we do that not by inviting them to church or small group or but by going in the power and the presence of Jesus. Now, there's a, a trite saying that I hesitate to even bring up because it makes me cringe and makes me cry and it's bad theology. Um, the idea that you may be the only Jesus somebody ever sees. Um, I don't like that saying because the fact of the matter is it's not true. And it's meant to make us behave well or, or manipulate our emotions into being better <laughs> with people. Um, and, and I don't think it's ever intended that way, but that's what it does. And it's bad theology because as Christians, we know that's not true. We know that that's not true. There is a possibility that we might be the first Jesus that somebody sees, I suppose. Um, we might be the second or 12th Jesus that somebody sees, but we're not going to be the only Jesus somebody sees because God is God. And if somebody actually genuinely encounters Jesus in us and through us and with us, then we have to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to continue to draw and guide and move them toward him because that's his goal. That's his goal is to bring people into the kingdom of God. And so if you are walking around in the world as Jesus, as a vessel for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus, as one who is being made Christ-like, then you are not 
trusting very much in your father if you believe that you are the only one. If you believe that you're the only one that a person is ever going to meet who is that. That is a, a, we are a people who believes that the kingdom is coming. We are a people who pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we mean that. And we don't mean some distant day. We mean now. And that's what we're called to be, is the kingdom of heaven here on earth, walking and talking and living and loving people. So I think that's, <laughs> they say that being a preacher, half of it is learning when you're done. And I think maybe that's where we need to be done. Is God calls us to be Jesus to people. We're not going to be the only Jesus that they ever see, but we are called to be the sun walking in the world. We are called to bring Jesus with us, in us, through us, to walk as though we are on holy ground wherever we go because we carry the kingdom of God in us. And as Christians, we need to learn to expect that. To anticipate that, to look for that, and to be that. Not to invite somebody to church or small group, but to go sit with them in their misery, in their sadness, in their darkness. And maybe that's why I'm supposed to do this this late at night, I don't know. That's what we're called to be, is Jesus to the people in front of us. Jesus to our kids, Jesus to our husbands, Jesus to our wives, Jesus to our neighbors, but also Jesus to the jerk that cut us off in traffic, and Jesus to the nasty person who was saying things behind our backs, and Jesus to the drug addict that we stumble across, or the new mom who is just drowning and not knowing what they're doing, and we're supposed to be Jesus. And what Jesus did was he went and he helped and he sat with people and he talked to people and he touched people and he healed people and he spoke life to people and he grew people and he called people and he connected people and he put them and he did. He put them in families and we'll talk about that tomorrow. Tonight, I want to encourage you as we are coming into this new year where we're having these new focuses and we're, we're encouraged to do <laughs> and we're encouraged to, to bring people to Jesus and win people for Christ and, and do all these things. I encourage you to take a few minutes and behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. who came to make us new. And then look at yourself for a minute in the mirror and know that you are made new. Know that you are looking at Jesus. Look for him and then carry him to the places that you go, wherever they are, and go expecting him to do something in you and through you to show people Jesus and to bring him to them. I pray that you all have a blessed day and night. I pray that the Lord moves in you. 
I pray that you see heaven open and that you see the glory of the Lord pour forth. I pray that the foundations that hold you rigidly where you are, whatever they may be, the things that make you comfortable, I pray that they would shake and fall. I pray that glory would pour from heaven on each and every one of you and make it so that you are unable to sit content with Sunday morning church, with inviting people to small group as the way that you build the kingdom, with inviting people to church as the way that you build the kingdom, with doing a little here and a little there and tithing on Sunday. I pray that that is not enough for you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take so big a hold on you and shake you so hard that you will be falling on the floor screaming, Jesus, Jesus, please come. And thank you, Lord. And that when he picks you up, he'll put you on a path that will draw you ever closer into his glory and make you ever stronger as his presence to everyone you meet. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.